Thank you for listening and watching you at Options. Um, this episode, I have Chris Eller, drummer for the great punk rock band, um, The Huntingtons. Uh, they have a new album coming out called Back to Ramonia. They cover some Ramones classics. Very good. It's on Burnt Toast Records. Um, go order a copy of it. Uh, check out The Huntingtons on uh, Instagram at Huntingtons USA. Check out Yoda Options on Instagram um, at Yoda Options. Uh, go like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. Say whatever you want. Say whatever nasty thing you want. Um, good nasty. Prince nasty. Uh, and uh, go to thehandsomescoundrels.com slash shop. There's uh, some Scoundrels merch. There's uh, a Hewitt Options shirt with my face upon it. Yeah. Go buy. Go live. Yes. Thank you for watching. Chris, hello. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. How, how are you doing? How, how has uh, COVID been treating you? Uh, pretty much the same as it's been treating everybody else. You yeah. Know? Just kind of making it along, trying to navigate the best way, the best way possible. Luckily, right. I haven't missed any work. I haven't, you know, had to endure any nasty layoffs or missed time at work or anything. We pretty much, you know haven't missed a beat yeah. there so that's good <laughs> you know, i haven't had to deal with the unemployment debacle that was going on a little while ago and yeah um yeah so as far as music music's been non-existent for the past two years almost so you know kind of s- slowly getting back into it which is nice feels really good y'all y'all got some shows lined up i saw yeah yeah we're we're doing um we're doing a handful of shows coming up um we're doing uh, Philadelphia, October 9th um, at the pharmacy. And then we're doing um, uh, Auto Bar with Teenage Bottle Rocket on October 20th in, uh, here in Baltimore. Cool. And um, and then we're doing a free show with the Jasons and Prozacs and um, a local DC band called Capital Fender at uh, a pie shop. It's it's called the Pie Shop. Oh, yeah. We've- here in DC. So, um so that'll be cool. And then got some other stuff throughout the winter. And, you know, we're just kind of keeping at this point, we're just kind of pretty much keeping our fingers crossed that, you know, everything doesn't take a nosedive again. Like <laughs> it did, you know, back in March of 2020, right. because, you know, we had we had our busiest our busiest lineup, you know, of shows that, since I've been in the band. I've been in the band since 2015. Mm-hmm. So we we had we just released um, our last record, the Muerto uh, album, and um, we had a lot of stuff coming up. We were supposed to go to Italy, 
play a fest- big festival over there. Um, that obviously didn't happen. So right. we're trying to get back into it. You know what I mean? We got to make up for some lost time, but you know, with the restrictions and the mandates and everything, it's kind of, you know, we're at the mercy of, you know, the local governments pretty much right. and determining what we're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're, we're trying to make it work. You know, I feel you, man. Yeah. Y- yep. Y'all, y'all yep. come play in Alabama. There's, there's no rules here, man. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I think that, uh, I don't know. I think we'll, we'll wait on Alabama. We'll get down there That's again. Fine. Sometime. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you have a, do you have a natty bow tattoo? I do. Yep. Yep. I, um, yeah, I, um, <laughs> I wasn't born. I was, I was raised right outside of DC, but I moved, uh, to Baltimore shortly after, um, I graduated high school and I've been, um, pretty much a, a Baltimore on since, uh, you know, I was 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Um, I'm 38 now. So now I live back closer to DC now, but, um, I'm still, you know, still got my white trash badge. Bottom oh, man. <laughs> it's like, I love one fun thing uh, about touring for me is like regional beers. I mean, they're all like similar in taste, you know, they're uh, none of them are like going to rock your world, but right. Uh, right. But yeah, we played at the pie shop and they gave us a, a Oh, so a, you know about the pie shop. Yeah. It's cool. And they but they gave us a bunch of natty bows. I'm like, I'm, I don't know what this beer is. Yeah, I you know, it's one of those things if you grew up and and you were poor enough and you just had to get by on you know, like you could get a 12 pack for 6 bucks. Yeah. You know, so you like you and your buddies like that's what you're drinking. And then, you know, once you establish a, a career then you move up to pbr <laughs> establish a career yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> once you step once you move up uh, the right. ladder of success in life you you know you go from from your local you know your local beers for me it was natty bow then you step up to pbr and then to miller light and the the top shelf stuff you know the budweiser and, and right and um, you know the uh the high life, <laughs> high life the champagne of beers right <laughs> oh shit uh, did you go? Uh, I, I follow you on Instagram. Did you go to that Turnstile show, that free one? I, I did. I went to see them at uh, Clifton Park. They did that big show in Clifton Park, um, and then a couple weeks after that, they played a club show. Um, I didn't make it to that one um, because it sold out in like twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, I didn't have a chance to get tickets. So, uh, but yeah, I went and saw them at um, at Clifton Park. Yep. Yeah. And I, that's kind of going down. It's like, you know, it's, you know, I don't know, in 20, 30 years or whatever, people are going to look back and that's going to be like, you know, seeing, um, the bad brains at CBGB's, you yeah. know what I mean? That, that show was just epic. That was one of the best shows I've ever been to. Yeah. I, I, I had heard of them before, but I never listened to them until like, uh, they put out that, that like short movie pretty much for their EP. Yeah. And yeah. I, I got hooked with that because I was like, fuck, this is cool. Yeah, they're local guys. So I've known them for a very long time. Well, yeah. Pretty much since um, they, uh, the singer was in a band called Trapped Under Ice, who uh, right. I'm buddies with uh, the singer and a couple of the other guys in the band. So I knew Brendan loosely. I didn't know him all that well, but um, I had been seeing Turnstile since like 2011. Like pretty much when they put out their first EP. And, um, yeah, I mean, they've just 
evolved into one of the most exciting bands, like, you know, breaking down barriers left and right. I don't even know what to call them anymore. Like they started out, they were a straight up hardcore band. Yeah. Now it's like, I don't know what to call them. Why are they a hardcore band, a, a punk rock band, a, a, you know, like they're just all yeah. over the place. They're just so exciting I was, to watch them. Like I said, to watch them evolve, it's just been awesome because they're all really great dudes and, you know, they just deserve all the success. So Turnstile is pretty much, they're going to be taking over the world here soon. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, uh, and they deserve. So, yeah, there's, um, Furnace Fest was in, Mm -hmm. uh, this past weekend in Birmingham, like a couple hours away from here and they were closing out one of the nights. I thought about going up there, but yeah, it's funny because they, they, they got added on to all these, like they played Firefly Festival, which I don't know if you ever heard of, but it's a big, it's a, it started out as like kind of a, a hippie, like kind of indie rock festival and then kind of branched out. They started bringing in other acts from other genres, right. started doing hip hop stuff and um, started to branch out a little bit. And before, I think before this album dropped and, and they really started gaining notoriety, um, it was fun. They were like opening a lot of these festivals, you know, they were like yeah. playing like, you know, first or second spot. And even my friend uh, texted me and he's like, can you believe they're playing it? Like, you know, they're like second on the, on the, you know, the oh. second band opening that day. And then 1130 in the morning, you know, fast forward like a month and they're just, they're like on the billboard top 100, you know, they're just blowing up and yeah. it's like, all right, now they're starting to headline days and, and, and get pushed back. And um, yeah, that's really cool. That's, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you been, did you start out in like hardcore bands or have you always um, no, been in punk I, bands? Um, no, I, I grew up, I grew up a hardcore kid. Yeah. I, I started out as, as like a metal kid, mm. really. Like I had some neighbors down the street that were older than me that were like big metal heads, like Slayer, Anthrax, like pretty much the big four, right? Right. Like Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer and Megadeth. And they would make me mixtapes and got me, and, and I'm talking, I was in like second or third grade. So I was <laughs> oh, shit. All this time. Yeah, man. You know, and, and so I started listening to that. And then I have cousins, um, two in particular, that at the time I, I was in, I, I was right around sixth, seventh grade, like middle school age. And they were big into to the hardcore scene. Um, not so much Baltimore, but like where I'm from is a town called Bowie, Bowie, Maryland. And at the time when I was growing up, they had a really, their their hardcore scene was thriving. Like they had a lot of really cool DIY venues. Um, It was right outside of DC. It was pretty much in between DC and Baltimore. It's closer to DC, but um, they had pretty much, if you were a touring, like a nationally touring band, like, like Hatebreed, Mm -hmm. right? Like when Hatebreed was just starting out or not even just starting out, but when they were kind of, when they were on the rise, they would always play Bowie. They'd always play this, you know, the VFW halls or whatever. Right. Um, so they were, they started dragging me to shows and I kind of, I started really getting into that um, because I love the aggression, but it didn't have the, you know, the six minute long songs and the solos and everything that right. was kind of, I didn't really have the attention span for it. <laughs> you know? So it was like, but it had that aggression and then all that really did was just kind of open the doors for, you know, more of the underground scene. Um, so I started getting into, you know, a lot of hardcore. Um, and then, you know, I was still a hardcore 
consider myself as cheesy as it sounds, you know, I was like a hardcore kid or whatever, right. but, um, you know, I, I didn't, I never played in any hardcore bands or whatever. Um, I just went to shows and then, um, I had some, uh, some buddies of mine that played in punk rock bands and, uh, they needed a drummer and I'd never played drums before, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, they were just pretty much like assigned me that position because they didn't have anybody else and we were best friends. So it was like, yeah, I'll play, you know, I'll just teach myself how to play. And we went up to the, to the music shop in, in college park, Maryland and, and got the, you know, an old shitty drum set and that was it. Right. You know, and I just taught myself how to play punk rock and they were big, like Ramones guys and, and the queers and, and that whole lookout scene, you know, screeching yeah. weasel, everybody else stuff. So that was like super easy for us to kind of, to get into when we were, when we were starting out, you know, you, you, you play covers and it's like, all right, we'll, we'll teach ourselves how to play Ramones songs. Like how hard is that? Right. You know what I mean? So that's what we did. And that's all I've been playing since I was 18 years old, 17, 18 years old. So, yeah. 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 But I still love hardcore, man. I like, you know, I still, I still go to, you know, I haven't been to a, a hardcore show besides that turnstile show. Yeah. And you know, that I, I don't even consider that, you know, I haven't been to a club, like a club hardcore show in, I don't know, probably six or seven years. Yeah. It's probably at this point, you know, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, you guys to go back to Ramon's covers, you guys just put out your, uh, road to Ramonia. Back to Ramonia. Back to Ramonia. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, how, that just came out. How did you guys choose which songs you're going to put on that one? So the guys, the, this is actually a re-recording of a release that was done in 1996. Mm. And um, it was pretty much, it was a, per, we didn't, we weren't really planning on doing this. It wasn't something that we were like sitting around and thought it would be a good idea. Like, we were approached by the guy who runs our label, Brento's Vinyl, Scott Hatch. And yeah. uh, Scott wanted us to do, um, it was the 25th anniversary of his label and the 25th anniversary of um, Rocket to Ramonia, which was the title of the first recording. Okay. Um, so they he thought it would be cool to do kind of like, a, a, you know, a, a joint like 25th birthdays you know uh release you know release the first and it was the first album that i believe scott put out so it was kind of like all right well 25 years later we'll do it again and Mm. you know serendipity it all lined up yeah right so um at first we were kind of we were kind of reluctant to do it just because you know you look at the song list and it's like you know back then when the band was was starting up you know yeah those are the songs that you're going to want to record but those songs have been recorded, you know, ad nauseum and yeah. everybody knows them and they're not, you know what I mean? It's not songs that nobody's ever heard before or right. heard covers of. Um, but uh, with our limited amount of availability, like in the studio and practice and um, and that, it was just, you know, it was just kind of, Scott didn't really want to, wasn't really interested in us doing anything different than what was on the original. It was just kind of the idea, you know, we'll re-record it just pretty much how it was. Um, So, yeah. So we went into the studio on on a Thursday to rehearse for an hour and then 
um, went in the next day on Friday and Saturday and recorded it. So, I mean, we were in the studio for like two and a half days. We finished up on Sunday and, and, um, and that's the final product. And, and that also helped, you know, the fact that the, we all, we already knew this, the, the songs that we were doing, right. they were easy for us to go in and, and rehearse. You know what I mean? It wasn't a ton of production. These are really like stripped down, like, you know, no frills really. Right. Um, not a lot of production going on. So we could, we knew we could go in, knock them out, you know, pretty much as quickly as possible and make them sound good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it kind of helped us out. The fact that we, you know, we're still playing the arguably the easiest Ramones songs. <laughs> yeah. That you can think of. Yeah. But there is like some extra production on the songs too. Cause I was listening to it earlier and just listen to like slug or, uh, mm-hmm. Like there's background noises going on, you yeah. know, it's not just y'all. So I feel like y'all are doing homage, I guess. To- well, that, well, not to interrupt, but that song in particular um, was done. The Those keyboards, um, we, we wanted to keep everything pretty much as um, true to the original right. as possible. Right. So, uh, so, so if you listen to the slug that's on one of the re- remastered rocket to Russia's, um, they have that organ and piano yeah. and it's kind of, there's a lot going on. So, um, our guitar player, Josh sent out, uh, sent that song out to, um, Nate Sander who played guitar for us when we were playing with CJ, uh, mm. with CJ Ramon. So he yeah. was our guitar player, but he was, he's like a, a musical virtuoso. He's like, he's insane musician. So, you know, we sent out those tracks or sent out that track and, you know, set out the, um, the original Ramones recording of that song. So he would have kind of a, a something to base what we were looking for. Um, so, so he had just a point of reference right. and then he sent us back that and, you know, he's like, you know, it was a personal favor and, you know, he was totally cool and, you know, um, and really hooked us up and, and really just added like a, whole new dynamic to that song because we didn't have any plans on doing that. Josh kind of went, went behind all our backs and was like, <laughs> Hey, you know, check it out, check it out. What, what, what Just I had to do. Yeah. And yeah. And, um, I said, yeah, I say that like he went behind our backs, but <laughs> screwed if us. Told us what, if he told us what we were doing, it's not like we would have discouraged him right. from doing that. Um, so, so yeah. So, Nate, Nate takes Nate, Nate Sander gets credit for slug. And that's yeah. my favorite song on the record. I think that song is, you know, just really just pops. Yeah, you know that's good, I mean? man. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. Like I said, I think all the songs, uh, you, you said it, that, uh, keeping it as close to the original as possible. And I think y'all, y'all accomplished that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was, it, it was, um, when we went in, we had such a limited time, right? So, um, we initially, we went in just kind of like, we're going to go in, we're going to record the songs live as we would play them at a show. Right. And, um, you know, if you kind of, you know, if you screw something up here or there, if it's not like, if it doesn't totally derail the song, we're just going to keep moving forward. And, you know, that mindset kind of went out the window, like five minutes into recording the first song. And, and it was, it just kind of, it, did a 180 it was like okay we're <laughs> we're gonna record these like like we would play them at a show and it then it it morphed into you know um 
you know, starting songs exactly the way, like the four, uh, before Sheena's a punk rocker, it doesn't say, you know, the one, two, three is missing. It starts at four and then goes into the song. So we did that, you know, pretty much just like dissected these songs, um, with a fine tooth comb and, and did them as true to the original as possible. So, yeah. <laughs> was there, we, uh, was there, is there a weird, do you have a, a soft spot for a weird Ramon song that you would, or a couple that you would like to do or would yeah, it like to do? I mean, I, I would love, I mean, I don't even think they're weird, but swallow my pride is my favorite ah, Ramon song. That's a good one. Yeah. Swallow my pride. And they never, they never did that one. I, and I loved playing that one. We played that every night with CJ. It was awesome. Um, I want to be your boyfriend is a great one. That's a, just a great Joey love song. Um, I know once this is over, I'm going to think of probably 10 <laughs> more. Just yeah. off the top of my head, those two. Um, Huntington's already did Babysitter, but I love Babysitter. Uh, and then we were doing Got a Lot to Say. I um, We were doing Got a Lot to Say off of, uh, I think it was Adios Amigos. Yeah. And we were doing that live, and that was a lot of fun. And in fact, we were going to record that, um, but it just, it was kind of such a random song to do. Right. To add, like to add as an extra like bonus track on it that we just I think we just opted out. Yeah. You know, but I would love to record that song. Yeah. There's so many cool like on the later albums, there's so many cool songs like in some yeah. of them that like CJ sang, I guess that yep. like DD had sold to the Ramones at that time or whatever. And uh, yeah, like um, uh, Cretan Family's fun. Yeah. You know, it's like such a kind of a goofball song, like all those you know the crusher yeah you know, crusher, yeah. Kind of such like there's such silly like kind of off the wall songs it's like but they're just so good and Dee Dee was a genius songwriter yeah and i could just it was it's no wonder it was probably the smartest thing that they could have ever done to like keep him on the payroll and just yeah kept, kept him writing songs because even after that he was long gone he was still writing some incredible, you know, life's a gas. And yeah, uh, I think life's a gas was, was, I think CJ was on it or poison heart. Maybe I'm thinking poison heart, but um, yeah, I mean, he was awesome. Just incredible songwriter. So yeah, it's, it's crazy to watch like videos of him talking about like music or just anything really. And then like listening to some of his more serious songs, it's like, fuck, <laughs> this is the same person. Yeah. Yeah, dude was deep, right? Yeah. Like I mean, he was totally, in, you know, in every aspect of his life besides songwriting, and he just had he mastered that, you know. Yeah. So that's how that's that usually is how it goes when it comes to like, you know, tortured artists, you know, whatever, just like absolute maniacs and you know every facet of their lives except their art, you know what I mean? And and they're totally honed in on their craft, and you know that's pretty incredible and he was a really good painter too you know it's like just his art in general his music his his, his painting his poetry everything i was you know he was a deep dude yeah you know yeah yeah how'd y'all uh how'd y'all hook up with cj uh i just sent him a, i sent him a message one night on facebook <laughs> and i was i was pretty it was after a long night uh you just feeling feeling confident yeah Yeah. i was pretty lit up and (laughs) 
And I just sent him a thing on Facebook. I sent him a message on Facebook. And I was like, hey, man, it's like playing a band called The Huntingtons, you know. And we played with Joey back in 2001. And I didn't, I wasn't even in the band at that time. It was like 14 years before. Right. <laughs> but, you know, but I figured, I figured it would stand out. Right. You know what I mean? I, and, and, um, and he was there. I, I'm sure he doesn't remember that night, uh, according to Mike and Cliff and Josh. They said he was pretty tanked up that night, so I'm sure, you know, he doesn't remember. But, but yeah, yeah. I was. He was playing. With, he was playing with some guys um, from the Aquabats and um, and the Adolescents, Dan Root, Steve Soto, and uh, he just kind of had revolving door guys. And I was like, you know, I I wasn't really doing anything. Um, that would keep me from touring. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, like I didn't have family or anything like that at the time. So I, you know, I just was like, Hey, you know, I don't even know if you run this page or if somebody else does, but you know, if, if you get this and you know, you need a, you need some guys from the East coast. Cause all his guys were from California. He lived um, probably five hours from Baltimore up in long Island. So, um, you know, I just sent him a thing and, and he was, um, he wrote me back immediately. He's like, yeah, let me get your number. And, uh, you know, I, I basically told him that, um, me and Josh could play for him if he needed us. And, yeah. And he called me about, I don't know, like a month later and, uh, you know, told me what he needed and he wanted to do, um, uh, he, he wanted to record a beach boys song for a seven inch split with the Mangies. And he's like, he called me on like a Monday or Tuesday. And he was like, I need to be in the studio like this weekend. Yeah. Can you, can you hook me up? Can you figure something out for me? And I, I was like, yeah, no problem. And I didn't have a single clue. You just commit like, to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to say no to it. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I was like, yep, no problem. We'll see you Friday for rehearsal. And then as soon as I hung up the phone, it, you know, started calling around, you know, and, and sending people emails and, just trying to, you know, find somebody that would work for a relatively low cost and who had free time on like four days notice, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Which is kind of hard to do. Right. Um, but we found, we found a guy, um, not far from us and, and he came down and, and we rehearsed and we went out, we went drinking that night. And then that weekend we went to the studio and recorded and, um, yeah, yeah. Like uh, about a month after that, he asked us if we could go to Europe with him. And we're like, hell yeah. So we went, <laughs> so we went on a short little European tour. It's like 10 or 11 shows. And then after that, that was kind of, I think that was, you know, him getting, him seeing if he could work with us and yeah. us seeing if we could work with him. You know what I mean? And um, relationships, you know, clicked and it, the ball was rolling after that, you know, and the tours kept coming and big tours and, big shows it was it was crazy it yeah it's really cool mm -hmm. that's such a that's such a funny thing <laughs> just to facebook message him and be like yeah i mean sometimes that's what you know that's just life you got to take chances that's and right i'm like the worst thing he can say is no or right. no thanks or not even respond whatever you know i i kind of just i wrote to him thinking like yeah it'd be cool just to have a little chat with him yeah. you know what i mean like that would be cool enough right um but the fact that, you know, he was like, yeah, I'm always looking for guys, you know, close, you know, he, he didn't have to fly people out to practice with them to get ready for a tour. You know, yeah. Josh and I would drive up to Long Island for the weekend and, and practice. Um, 
you know, so yeah, I mean, it was sometimes you just have to take a shot and, you know, luckily, you know, I guess maybe if more people did that in their lives, they, you know, <laughs> have an opportunities similar to that. For know? sure. And, yeah. You know, so it's just a life lesson for me. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, objectively the, the coolest, uh, Ramon still, still kicking. Still alive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. I, I've heard good things about Richie. I've never met him before. Yeah. And I've never heard a good thing about Mark. <laughs> So I just well you know, I, yeah. There's but a, I've spent I've spent more than enough time with CJ to right. know he's just a genuine dude. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's what it seems like. like yeah. Just, yeah, like no bullshit. Like what you see is what you get with him. Um I still talk with him, you know, a few times a week. You know, he'll yeah, he'll text me about, you know, the Orioles or the Ravens or something like that. You know, it's usually like talking shit about sports or whatever. And right. um yeah, so he's just he's just a, a legit dude. You know what I mean? He's right. just like there's no really no other way to describe him. He's just like a blue collar punk rock dude. Yeah, you know? the guy's he's a legend, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Was was that a weird? Whenever you were, were just first around him, where you just like fuck this is fucking weird? Or just yeah, like sure? <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, he, he. I I got a call. It was a it was a New York number and and. I, I usually don't answer numbers that I don't recognize. Right. Um, so I declined the call and he texted me, you know, a couple minutes later, he's like, Hey, this is CJ, you know, give me a shout. You know, I'm like, you know, my hand's shaking <laughs> when I'm calling him, you know, and it sounds funny now. Cause it's just, you know, your buddy uh, now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but at the time, you know, it was like, Holy shit, man, I'm about to talk to a Ramon on the yeah. telephone. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, um, he came, you know, when he came down to, um, he came down to practice with us and that weekend that we recorded, you know, he was just, you know, once that whole, like, Oh, hi, nice to meet you. You know, this is incredible. Once that is all done and you're, you're starting to kind of, you're starting to write a, you know, basically write a song, rehearse with them and stuff. Yeah. All that kind of goes out the window and then, you know, and then later on that night, you're out having beers and doing shots and, you know, having a good time. And it's, right. then it's like, then it's just your body. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And that, that relationship, you know, it, it went, it went beyond, um, you know, that kind of starstruck that. Right. For sure. That was there for, you know, the first few times that I had talked to him, right? you know, but you know, he opened his house to us, you know, we stayed at his house and met his family. And, and, and so it, it it, it grew to just a friendship very quickly. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and that's why it works so well on the road is it was just a bunch of buddies out there. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it putting out a whole Ramones song? Uh, is it, is there any weird legal stuff or like weird, uh, that y'all had know. to deal with? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't deal with that stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, um, or, I know that the people that are in charge of the estate are kind of sticklers about, you know, what goes on. So I let the Scott Hatch from Burnt Toast Vinyl, if anything <laughs> comes up, he can handle it. I don't know. I, yeah. You know, I, 
I'm not, I'm not sure. I really, I'm not the guy to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, show up and play the drums. I shut my mouth. <laughs> hope we don't get sued. <laughs> oh shit. That's good. Yep. Uh, so, so you guys put out the, uh, the album right before, uh, COVID. How many, yep. how many shows were y'all able to play with that? Like we, we did, uh, we did two record release shows. Yeah. And, and that, that was in, um, February because the album came out, I want to say it came out on January 31st. Yeah. If I remember correctly. So we had like the first couple of weeks in February, we did, uh, we did Baltimore and we did, uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, back to back nights, which were two killer shows, like two of the best shows since I was in the band, you know, just club shows like yeah. Lancaster was sold out. It was awesome. Uh, we did our beer release that night. So it was like, it, everything was just looking really good. It, it's like, everything was looking really great. And then we did one more show and, and uh, I think it was, it was either late February or early March, like really early March. Um, and then that was it. And then all gone. And like yeah. I said, you know, we had a, we had a really busy 2020 plan and um, yeah. So we were only able to do three. So, you know, we haven't even been able to play plenty shows to support the last album. And now we're putting out another album. And now we're talking about uh, starting to write a new original album. So, you know, this last album that we put out before the Ramonia record, mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's like going by the wayside. We're kind of forgetting about it. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame, man. It sucks, but it's life and whatever shit happens. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. It sucks. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's wild. Wild times. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I don't know. It's just a matter of like, you just have to go, you have to go about doing it the best way you have to, you have to figure out how to navigate the best way that you think is possible. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so what we're doing and we, you know, we've gotten flack for it is that we're only doing shows where vaccination cards are acceptable or mm. accepted. Yeah. Right. A lot of people don't agree with that. You know, it, it is what it is. Right. The way we feel is, you know, this is kind of, this is, this is our stance. This is what we believe. Right. So we would like to believe that the scientists and doctors know what they're talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we don't live we don't we don't make livings off of this band. We get paid very little through this band. We yes, all have right. careers. You know what I mean? Right. So we could just go ahead and mail it in and say, we're not gonna play until you know, uh, we'll never play again, A or B, we'll just we'll wait for everything to blow over and hopefully one day when there's no restrictions anywhere, we'll start playing again. Um, but we chose to kind of, you know, err on the side of caution and hope that, you know, these doctors and scientists know what's up. Um, so this is how we're going about it. And is it the right way? I don't know. Is it the wrong way? I don't know. You know what I mean? It's right, just, yeah. we're kind of just, there's no right or wrong way. I don't think, right. you know, you have two sides that are, that are clashing at this point. And it's, it's a really sad state of affair, man. It really is because 
you know, we're coming out and we're like, well, this is how we're choosing to do it. And half of our comments on the announcement was like, you know, way to go. That's, you know, the right way to do it. And then the other ones are like, oh, you guys are, you know, right. blah, 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 blah. And, and that side was like people we had never seen before. Of course. They're like, we're not coming to your shows anymore. And it's like, I've never seen you at any of our shows <laughs> anyway. You know what I right. mean? So it's like, as soon as a, a topic comes up that, you know, they are mad about or disagree with, you're going to hear from them. And um, yeah, I mean, we could announce the next record and they, you know, or the previous one and never seen them before. Right. Never was like, hey, excited to get the record, you know, looking forward to the show, whatever. No, it was like, I'm never coming to see you guys play again. It's like, okay, well, we're not going to mention you. we never seen you before anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? So, Gosh, man. you know, it's just, like I said, we have the freedom to be able to kind of do what we think is right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like I said, if it's, maybe it's wrong, maybe it's the, the totally wrong way to approach it, but we don't think it is. Yeah. Um, I don't want to, you know, we've all got families, you know what I mean? And, God forbid, you know, we go out and play at, at, you know, a dive bar and and come home and give something to one of our kids or something like that. And you know what I mean? So, like I said, I don't mean to get off on a tangent like that, but, you know, it's kind of thinking about the state of affairs and and how everything is right now. And, you know, like I said, we're just trying to navigate our way through this, this unprecedented time where no one knows the, the absolute right way to handle things. Right. There's nobody out there that can tell you this is the definitive way to go. But, you know, until that happens, we, you know, are choosing to kind of listen to the scientists and the doctors and hope that they're right. (laughs) And You know what I mean? And not the guys on Facebook who are yelling at us, right. You know, for um, believing in a hoax, you know, virus, you know what I mean? Like, I feel you, man. So whatever, that's, that's what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, we might, we might be negatively affected by it and you know, the show numbers might be down and so be it. You know what I mean? So be it. It is is what it is. You know, just trying to make it work. You know, we want to play and we feel like this is the, safest way to do it yeah man it's tough it's uh you know like and you were saying i mean the like the people who sounds like they were the most vocal about being negative uh you haven't even seen before yeah i mean i don't know i yeah i've never seen these guys and then you know and then you look at their their facebook pages you're like who is this guy right you know it's like some guy in like north dakota who's like telling us he's not going to come to our show in, you know, Philadelphia. It's like, okay. Like, <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you won't man. see it, you know, yeah. sorry to ruin your travel plans. Cause <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Man. But I just hope one, I hope one day everything gets back to normal and we can all be friends again. And That'd be nice. Yeah, man. Because <laughs> it seems like this country, man, it's just a, it's in bad shape right now. It's sad. It's really sad yeah. to see. Definitely, definitely, uh, definitely wild right now. Mm. Yep. Oof. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, I have a, uh, I have some like lightning round questions. If you want to do that. Okay. And and lightning is very loose. It can you can expand, expound upon any answer, whatever. Cool. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite uh, truck stop slash gas station on the road? Mm. Ooh. Um. There's uh shit the, the Snoke. No. The, Snoke. <laughs> The name's escaping me right now. It's in Virginia. Oh, man. Sheets? Uh, loves. Loves. Loves? Yeah. I think it's it, I think it's called Loves. Yeah. Um, loves is good, if that's the name of it. Yeah. <laughs> Wawa is Wawa's king. You know what I mean? I don't think it gets better than Wawa over here in the Mid-Atlantic region. Yeah. Least, you know? So I'll stick with I'll stick with that. Wow. Wawa over Sheets? You don't have sheets over there? Yeah, no, sheets is more of a Pennsylvania, Western Maryland. Mm, okay. Uh, so I'm not exposed to it. Now, they, they're starting to expand into the area that I live in. So, you know, check back with me next year and I might have a totally different answer. <laughs> I've never had a bad experience with sheets. I've just had fewer experiences overall with sheets than with Wawa mm. and Royal Farms. You know, that, but that's a Baltimore thing. I don't know Royal Farms, I was about to say. Yeah, yeah see? That's worth a road trip. <laughs> Fri- their fried chicken, the best gas station fried chicken that you will ever have in your life. Ooh. It's good stuff. I'm going to make a note. Royal Farms. People in Maryland will back me up on that. <laughs> uh, what's the worst punk rock bathroom you've had to go on number two in? Oh, shit. I, I'm pretty good when it comes to not avoiding number twos in in um in, in venues yeah uh, i don't know like some of the festivals that we did overseas it porta johns are just the worst right i would you know like you can kind of go ahead and you can go into a into like a dive bar and you can kind of clean it up if you know you, you can kind of make it somewhat sanitary yeah but and and a, and a big reason for that is you can't see what's been going on for the last you know eight hours or six hours, whatever. When you walk in and you're staring an entire day's worth of waste, you know what I mean? There's no escaping it. The smell is there. So yeah, the festival Portage on situation, it's that's that beats any, any punk rock dive bar venue bathroom Mm. in, in the world, I would say you, (laughs) You know, you get one of those like European festivals. Yeah. Around you know nine o'clock at night. It's bad. bad <laughs> the the Euro nothing, duty. Nothing good. Nothing good going on inside those places. Man. Right. So. Oh shit. <laughs> what's what's the uh, craziest border crossing experience you've had? Hmm. Canada's always dicey, and can actually going into Canada the first time I had gotten a, I had gotten a DUI. Yeah. Right. Not something I'm proud of. Right. But I got a DUI in uh in October in October of twenty fifteen. Now we had gone to uh we were going to uh I think it was twenty fifteen. No, uh I, f- I forget the timeline's kind of escaping me right now. But anyway, w- within that year after that, we were going to Canada. And you always hear terrible things like if you have any kind of 
alcohol-related offense, drug-related offense, and just anything. Canada is really, really super strict at the border. Um, so I looked into getting like a border crossing attorney. Like I, like I was really freaked out. You right. know what I mean? So I called up, I called up CJ's manager the night it happened. And I was like, look, man, I'm fucking scared. Like I got like, we're going to Canada. I need to let you know, you need to figure something out. Like in the event that I can't cross the border here, I can't make these like four or five shows that we had. Yeah. He's like, well, was anybody hurt? I'm like, no. He's like, all right, you're good. I'm like, uh, what do you mean I'm good? Like, I can't like, you know what I mean? It's not going to make me feel any better. So right. sure enough, we get to Canada. Uh, we get to Canada and they, you know, they we're sitting in the waiting room. And as soon as they see her in a band, it's like automatic. You're trapped. You're smuggling heroin. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like the worst case scenario. That's how they treat you. So they, you know, they're calling everybody up and they're punching passports and letting everybody go. And I'm the last one there. Fuck, man. So they're like, Mr. Eller, come on in the back. You know, they take me to the office. They sit me down and they're like, have you ever been arrested for any alcohol related offenses? And I knew like the jig was up, right? Like, I knew, yeah, yeah. Lie about it. They, they had my stuff right in front of them. So I'm like, yeah, you know, um, you know, this is, this is what happened. And, you know, kind of told them my story and everything. And I'm like, all right, we'll go wait in the waiting room, you know? So I'm sitting there and I, I'm pretty sure that the guys in the back were just laughing, watching it, watching me out around the corner and, and laughing. Cause I, I was sweating bullets, man. I was yeah. like, so stressed. And, um, you know, and then they called me up and it was very anticlimactic, you know, it's like punch it, you know, welcome to Canada type thing. But you want to talk about like a weight lifted off my shoulder? Like that was insane. That was so scary, dude. Cause that was the last thing I wanted on like, you know, the first U.S. Canada tour that I do with CJ, I get turned away at the border and we have to cancel, you know, five or six shows that we have up there. It's like not good. All the, all the border crossings overseas. I don't, I don't have any, uh, they were all pretty much standard. Like, yeah, no crazy stories. So I'll go with the Canada. <laughs> Canada is always a pain in the ass. Canada can be scary. Did you all go through? I love the I love the country though. I love Canada. Some of the friendliest people you ever meet. Yeah. And actually, I want to take back. Does Tim Hortons count as like a roads? Like a yeah, like a, sure. Okay, then Tim Hortons number one. Yeah. Now that we're talking about Canada, Tim Hortons coffee and and donuts. It's basically like Dunkin' Donuts. So I don't even know if you can consider it like a truck stop, gas station type deal, but. Tim Horton's number one for sure. <laughs> yeah, the uh, going we've been through the border to Canada a couple times, and it's always you got you know you got a van full of shit, and yeah. you just think in there and be like, all right, take everything out, like yeah, gear and shit. Yeah, yeah, and you know it, it's it, they they CJ always drove through Canada, like, and and, and he's always got like the gift of gab. And I always feel like he, like, maybe it's just because he has like a, like a, like a New York accent. I always feel like he could kind of like talk him, talk his way out of anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the fact that he's like, oh yeah, you know, you ever heard of the Ramones? Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you can play bass in the Ramones. And sometimes it works and it's like, oh, that's cool. You know, yeah. Go, go get an autograph or something. Uh, have a good day. And then other times it's like, I don't give a shit who you played for. Oh, fuck. Pull the, pull the van over and get out. You know, it's like, ah. Oh. You know, so uh, yeah, Canada crossings are brutal. 
Damn, dude. Even a true. even a Ramon getting getting posted up. Yeah. Ah, I was gonna. Uh, my next question was, what's your favorite regional beer? But you, we already is Natty Bo. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't. You know, I'd be honest. I don't really drink regional beers anymore. Yeah. Like I said, I make some money now. You know what I mean? I'll have to go to the bar and order Natty. Uh, right. Well, right. You know, you got like, you got, lone... I mean, I got the tattoo because it's like, it's the Baltimore thing. You yeah. Know yeah. I mean? It's a Baltimore pride thing. So that's why that's there. It's not because I enjoy the beer or anything like that. I don't particularly like it. You know, like I said, I drank right. it out of necessity when I was a kid because I didn't, couldn't afford, you know, anything else. It was either that or Steel 11. Or uh, to, uh, still, still reserve. reserve. Yeah, yeah. Two eleven. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Natty Bo and two eleven. That was it. Do you have any other uh, Baltimore tattoos? No. No. Mm-mm. Nope. I don't think so. No. Nope. If you were to get no. a, if you had to get a Baltimore tattoo, another one. Uh, yeah, I would get the. Um, I would get the Ravens. Uh, yeah, the Ravens B. Ooh, nice. I I I would get that somewhere, and I'm I'm thinking about doing it just to piss off my friends who are DC sports fans, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big local rivalry. So, uh, um, what's the most expensive shirt that you've bought? Most expensive shirt or piece of clothing, whatever. Um, I get a lot of Dixon flannels. I don't know if you like Dixon. Mm-mm. Ever heard about them? They're like probably some of the best quality flannels you'll get. Okay. Our singer Mike owns about ninety shirts from them. Um, so it's a little plug. We'll hook us up. Shout Danny, out, Danny Dixon. <laughs> um, but they got some of the best shirts, and they're like, but they're like sixty, seventy bucks. Mm. So I've got a few of them. So yeah, those Dixon flannels are expensive. They are expensive. But it's so I'd say yeah. I, I I don't look. I don't. I'm not a big clothing. You know, I, I'm not a big clothing guy. I've got some Under Armour stuff. I do have some Under Armour uh, jackets. Those are always those are always really pricey, but they're super comfortable in the wintertime. I don't I don't wear leather jackets anymore. So yeah. <laughs> the well like, i mean the 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 expensive flannel shirts for y'all it's it's function too you know yep yep so yep. it's a business right. expense at that point here's writing it off there you go i need to get with our accountant <laughs> what? that imaginary person know that we need to get You're right uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's uh what's your perfect pizza Ooh, i like uh Sausage, pepperoni, black olives, mm. onions. Yeah. Yeah. No pineapple. Mm, no. No pineapple. No barbecue sauce as sauce. No. It's garbage. No. So I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm like a meat lovers guy, with a couple, you know, veggies on there just for health reasons. You know? Right. Of course. Of course. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. What's <laughs> <laughs> is, is there like a Baltimore food? Is there like is Baltimore crabs? crabs? Blue yeah, crabs. yeah, crab cakes, blue crabs. Um, what else? Yeah, crab everything, crab macaroni and cheese. Shit, 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, Maryland blue crabs. Crab cakes and football, man. That's what Maryland does. Did <laughs> you ever see Wedding Crashers? Oh, oh man. Jeez, man. <laughs> I watched The Wire. Yeah, they eat some cra- <laughs> there's some scenes where eating crabs in that yeah, show. There's, they're, you know, they're on the docks in a couple yeah. of in the second season. Yeah, they season. go to Crab House out there, yeah. Yeah, season two at the docks. It's a good mm. one. Love mm. that show. Mm. So good. Is is that similar to your life in Baltimore? I lived in a neighborhood that they that they did film at. Um, yeah, it was a rough, it was a really rough time. Damn, dude. Um, not a rough time, like personally, but just a rough neighborhood. Right. Um, yeah. So we would go and they were filming uh, season four and five is when I lived down there. Um, so they would, you know, I'd come home from work and there'd be signs for HBO signs, you know, filming in progress, yeah. you know, closed set, whatever um, around our street. So uh, yeah, I mean that, <laughs> look, I wasn't involved in what went on in that show. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean that was uh, those those neighborhoods. Yeah, West Baltimore. I lived uh, I lived there for about two three years with a really good friend of mine that plays in a great um, local Baltimore band called Over Our Eyes. So, yeah. So yeah, I, I I saw a lot of stuff that went on in that show. I never partook in any of those yeah. activities. Damn, dude. Mm. Uh, I didn't run, I didn't run any corners or anything like that. I wasn't robbing any drug dealers. I didn't do anything fun like that. Oh man, dude, boring. Yep, yep. Uh, to go back, uh, I have a follow-up question to the pizza question. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what do you want on your tombstone? Mm. The pizza or the actual tombstone? Well, you know, it's like a, a <laughs> it's like a bit, you know. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Uh. God, what do I want on my tombstone? Dude, that's a dark question. I've never thought of that. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. A quote, like an obscure, funny quote. I I don't know. That's like, that's tough. That's like, like a high school yearbook quote. Oh. And I don't even remember what mine was. Live, laugh, love. (laughs) That's going to be on my tombstone. I love it. Damn. Yeah, um, no, I don't know. I don't know, dude. That's a that's a tough question. <laughs> yeah, that is a tough question. And that's not really a lot. That, that's not really going to be. That shouldn't be considered a lightning round question. Mm. That's like, I'm going to ask this as my first question in the interview. <laughs> and you can answer it at the end of the interview. And I'll uh-huh. give you an hour to think about what's going to be on it. But then you're just going to be thinking about. That question yeah, the I'm whole time. Your brain's I'm gonna not be all over. Pay place. attention to any of your other questions. Uh, yeah. Mm, live left. I, I do know. like live left love. Yeah, I mean, I just see it on everybody's walls. <laughs> it's a popular quote, so you know. Do you get? Uh, yeah. Do I don't you, know. Maybe you know. Maybe a Tom Petty quote. I, I love Tom Petty, and he's he's he, he always had really good lines in his songs. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if I want it to be like really dramatic and, and, you know, have just kind of a, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Tom Petty. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to think of a good Tom Petty line, but yeah. I could see myself doing that. Oh, that'd be cool. Did whenever y'all played fest the other year, did you <laughs> go on any Tom Petty pil- pilgrimage? We were, we, yeah, we, uh, 
well, we we didn't we drove past the street he grew up on. Yeah, we didn't we didn't drive by his house because we just got done playing and we pretty much packed it up and rolled out pretty like right after we were done because we were driving all night. So it wasn't like yeah, you know, it was like oh he lives down there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Kept it going up 95, you know, it was like no detours. It was like, yeah. just get home ASAP. So yeah, hopefully we play fest again and we'll do that. We'll allot ourselves more time to explore downtown Gainesville. Hell yeah. I'd love to. That'd be awesome. Yeah. It's a cool place. A lot, a lot of music history there for sure. Yeah. Gainesville's crazy, man. It's like, there's so many different events. Like if you look at fests, like the amount of venues that are around there, I played Lucy's, yeah. CJ, and uh, so I, I play, I've played that place, and then we did uh, the high dive. I think it was called the high dive or something yeah. like that. We did that at Fest, but then there's like six other venues around mm-hmm. there. It's like they're all equally awesome looking. <laughs> it's like it's crazy. Yeah. It's really cool, you know? Yeah, and just such a weird, like, why this town? You know, it's not like a major city yeah, I mean, it's, a good, it's a big college town and, yeah. and austin texas is kind of similar to that in terms of live music venues and just the accessibility to music there's you know bands are playing that you have your choice of 10 bands a night yeah. you want to go see and um yeah I, why gainesville i don't know it's yeah. just you know i guess it's just how it is. I don't, I don't, but it's a cool town. I love, I love playing there. Yeah. Actually, no, our, one of our worst CJ shows ever was in Gainesville. <laughs> I think there was like, there was like four people there. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like an off, it was off night or uh, off season. I guess college was, was out for summer break and we get there and there's like no one there. I mean, it was bad. And Josh, or, uh, Josh, who plays guitar in the Huntington's and, and with CJ, started chatting up with a guy at the bar. And they started talking about guitars and gear and stuff. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, I've got... He's like, oh, that's a nice Gibson, you know? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're talking. He's like, yeah, I've got, you know, I've got six or seven at home. And Josh is like, wow, you know? That's cool. He's like, yeah. And Josh is like, oh, are you in a band? He's like, yeah, I play around, you know. He's like, yeah, I play in a band called Against Me. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I was like the guitarist for Against Me. And, you know, <laughs> we're playing in front of like five people. Right. It was it was not the most proud moment. And but the staff were totally cool. Yeah, man. It's weird. Punk, you know, punk rock, it's so weird. It's You get like uh, spinal tap moments a lot. Oh, it's, it's hit or miss, man. Yeah. Especially here in the States. Yeah. It's tough, man. It's it's tough for like lower level to mid-level bands. Yeah. It's just a gamble every night. You never know. Yeah. In Europe and South America, it's pretty much, pretty much a home run nine times out of the 10. Damn. You know what I mean? Yeah. No matter what, what night of the week it is, you know, it can be a Sunday night and it'll be a sold out show. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's just the people over there are just more appreciative. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I, it's not meant to be an insult to people in America or, you know, but, it, you know, American bands are, you know, go over there, uh, you know, 
once every two years, yeah. three years. You know what I mean? Whereas American bands will go on, you know, a tour cycle, you know, they might tour the U S two or three times in a year. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, you have the ability to go see them and, you know, a much more frequent basis. And the people over there are just, they treat you like artists, you know what I right. mean? As silly as that sounds. Um, so yeah, it's, it's weird, you know, it's weird to in the U S so Gainesville was kind of the, the model of that kind of question as to why it's tough <laughs> to tour in America yeah. is Gainesville that night, you know? Yeah. And I guess the Gainesville locals didn't like us. Like, <laughs> like college kids might've been a different story if we were playing during the school year. Maybe. Oh, oh man. Against yeah. me guy was there. That's cool. Yeah, he was there. He was there. And he said we played good. So there you go. I guess that means something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good critic to have at that show, I yeah, guess. Man. But oh, would have been nice if there was a few more people there. So he'd I be know. like, oh, yeah, these guys can draw something. Yeah. Other than, you know, flies. That's what <laughs> <we do. laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, oh, man. All right. Uh, well, we're at like an hour. Uh, do you have any closing things you want to say or? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I, I think our, our album, uh, Back to Ramonia is coming out on, uh, it should be out. I don't know when this is going to air. It's September 27th, 28th. Yeah. Tonight. Um, so I'm hoping we're hearing that like the first week or so in September, the pre-orders will be shipping out. Oh yeah. So pre-ordered that. Keep an eye out. They'll be getting mailed out soon. Um, yeah, I don't know. Be cool to each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's like, like I said, I mean, it's a fucked up world that we're living in right now. So the best thing we can do is just be cool to each other. Yeah, man. Cool. Take care of one another. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Chris. And buy our record. <laughs> Chris, uh, stay on for a second, but you had options, but you decided to talk to me, and I appreciate it. You got it, man. Yeah.